once again. Eric, how's it going? Pretty good. And yourself, my friend? Pretty good. Oh, I heard that one today. Um, yes. So we, I'm getting better at this. <laughs> we are a weekly music podcast where we just talk about music, and it looks like there's already some chatter going on here. Uh, the Germans were the first to make pickles. Is that a true fact? Or I, I actually don't know. I couldn't say. <laughs> so I, I don't know where this person has got their fact from, but... Uh, Chasing Dragonflies, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, Eric, what is your drink of today? So my drink of choice is coming right out of Vancouver, uh, Granville Island Brewing. Um, This was recommended by a fan of ours on the podcast, uh, favorite beers, and this has actually made the list of one of my favorite beers. Um, It's only for a limited time during the wintertime. It's the Lion's Winter Ale. Um, so there is, uh, bursting with, com- uh, complex layered notes of vanilla and white chocolate with caramel malt aromas. This is a beer. This is a beer. Ken. Wow. Okay. And this is what it looks like. Very nice. And then just to get everybody's, that's the can. Pretty boring can, but mm. you know, all the, all the Granville Island can look like that but this tastes so good vanilla and Mm, white chocolate you smell the white chocolate and vanilla and then when you taste it it just tastes so good it just it's amazing interesting Mm -hmm. that was pretty good Mm. Uh, all right wonderful um yes so thanks everyone for joining in here uh we're live here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast um Mm -hmm. So we're going to get this show on the road. Eric, we usually start this off with what we've been listening to for this past week. Uh, so hit me. What what have you been listening to? All right. So um, this is going to be an interesting list <laughs> <laughs> just because the genres aren't just like similar, I guess you could say. Uh, so uh, we'll talk on the countryside first. Um, so I checked out Toby Keith's new album called uh, Peso in My Pocket. And uh, I was actually very happy when he came up with an album because I love Toby Keith. I'm pretty He's sure he contra- doesn't have a peso in his pocket. He has like he, stacks of bills yeah, in his pocket. Absolutely. <laughs> but he, here's here's a country singer that just does not care about what the public mass thinks about any topic, and he'll sing about whatever he wants to sing. Uh, but uh, his songs are funny. They're they're just humorous. Like nothing like offensive to anybody, but they're just you know just humorous to. To what's going on i think great country album i would recommend listening to it i checked out uh justin moore's new single uh with a woman you love and uh, i thought it was going to be a slow song because usually when his songs are labeled in that kind of uh category it's usually a slow song but it's actually a pretty fast paced song uh quite enjoyable uh then i checked out a band who i've heard the single before i want to be your slave oh, okay and i thought i know this one yeah yeah, and, and I thought, like, okay, well, they're okay. They're not too bad. It's a kind of, like, glam rock, and, yeah. and you know, it kind of reminds me of, like, Twisted Sister kind of thing. And But but in terms of just, like, that 80s rock yes. kind of yeah. style, right? Uh, so I checked out their album, uh, Tetro de Ira, which is, I didn't realize they're an Italian band. <laughs> yeah, they won the Eurovision contest representing Italy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what? The album is actually pretty solid. 
Really? It's I, actually pretty solid. I, I don't like that song yeah, either, Cam, but if you it. put that song aside, because I had no idea. I, I, they came up on my like list of things that I should listen to. Mm. So I listened to it, and it was all in Italian, pretty much the album, except yep. for two songs. Uh, that song, I Want to Be Your Slave, and uh, For Your Love. And and I have to say that I actually prefer the when they sing in Italian rather than okay. it, it's actually good rock music. Like it's pretty good. I was very surprised. <sighs> okay. And then when that song came in on the album because it's in the middle, I was like, "These are the guys. <laughs> this this band? <laughs> no. Okay. So all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I will have to check this out then because like I. I first heard that song on the radio while driving around. I was like, "This, why is this on the radio station?" It's annoying. It's like this is not. It's this an, is a terrible song. And I was like, "It's okay, an annoying." Song. I need to do some research mm-hmm. and figure out why this showed up on classic rock station. And I was like, "Oh, these guys won Eurovision. That's why they suck. <laughs> They're just like a manufactured <laughs> crap band." Um, but mm-hmm. if you're saying that the rest of the album's in Italian and it's pretty good, then I'll, I'll probably take a listen. If if yeah, that single it, isn't representative of the band, then that's probably no. I I, I think that's their definitely what's driving them to be famous. But I feel like so. there's other songs on the album that you're like, this song's a way better song. Why why isn't this in the limelight? But um, finally, I listened to Ed Sheeran's new album, uh, The Equal Sign. Okay. So we're we're solving the equation now <laughs> when it comes to and uh, so I like Ed Sheeran. I thought his Divide album, I think Division, the Division album, whatever it's called, I think it's Divide. I'm pretty sure. Any any well, it's a Division symbol, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Division. Um, that album was probably my favorite of his. Uh, really? This okay. album has a solid opener. Um, uh, the first three songs are actually pretty solid. And then there's a one song called Overpass Graffiti that's just, it sounds like I'm listening to a nursery song, <laughs> but like an annoying one. And it's, I, so I kind of like, the rest of the album's pretty good. Like I would say it's not his greatest work, but it's it's a pretty solid so, album. Question. Like, uh, Ed Sheeran mm-hmm. recently, and I don't know if this is his latest single or what, but like, He's done like a lot of these like dance hits, I feel like, or at least what I've been listening to from him has been like more electronic, less songwriter, acoustic type of songs. Does this fall into that bucket of this is more processed pop or is it like singer songwriter type of stuff? There is. I would say it's it's about 60 percent songwriter and 40 percent pop uh okay so the the songwriter stuff like the song tides a really well written song i i also really like first times that's a really good song and like that song i would say would be cat like categorized as a panty dropper as they say <laughs> so okay. um but like i feel like it goes like uh you know songwriter song club hit song songwriter song club hit song songwriter so it's it's it, there is a mix but i do generally the songs that are just him as a songwriter uh phenomenal okay got it okay but, maybe, yeah. maybe i'll check it out i'll think about mm-hmm. it because like i don't know i just don't care about any of the like the 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 club hits that ed sharon writes i like they're all mm-hmm. good but like i just couldn't care for listening um, sometimes I no, don't even I, realize it's a churn to be. Mm, I really like the folksy kind of songs that he come comes out, but yeah. 
but yeah that's that's pretty much it man cool that's, that's what i've listened nice. to so. uh growing up gaming thanks for uh tuning in uh welcome mm-hmm. um so i haven't been listening to too much but uh john five he has finally released his uh his album it's called sinner uh, i haven't listened to the whole thing but he does a cover of crazy little thing called love by queen on it mm. so good it is so good. It starts off uh, very, it's a way slow down, almost like a ballad on his guitar. He's playing like a ballad version of Crazy Little Thing Called Love. And it goes mm-hmm. into, and maybe Eric, you could correct me uh, if you do listen to this at some point, but I think it goes into like a chicken picking uh, style of Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Oh, right on. It's actually pretty cool. Right on. Um, who's it by? Uh, who's, John who's Five. It? So John Five John is Five. the yeah. former guitar player for Marilyn Manson, uh, current yes. guitar player That's for right. Rob Zombie. Uh, but in terms of his resume, I mean, he's like performed with everyone and he's been on like everyone's record. He is famous for being a session musician. So. Uh, but he's just I'm so adding phenomenal. it right now. Yeah. Crazy little thing called love. It's so good. But yeah, his new album, Sinner, it came out. Uh, I'm definitely going to dive into that a bit more, but I did take a quick listen to a few of the tracks, and it's, it's just really good. Nice. Uh, growing Up Gaming. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since you've been able to tune in live, but it's fine. Yes. You listen to the, You listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, all those places, so that's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, the one thing that I've been listening to on repeat, uh, and this is an older thing, older album that I, I listen to constantly, uh, Travis Thompson, who's a, mm-hmm. I want to say, he's definitely a West Coast rapper, but I think he's from San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't quite remember now. Uh, but his in, uh, initial mixtape that he released, uh, Ambum, oh my God, that thing's so good. This was released maybe 10, 15 years ago, to be, but like, Oh, it's so good. And I, it's just always on repeat uh, once in a while. So I'm sort of in that. Um, I wouldn't say it's like new hip hop because it was released quite a bit ago, but it has that old hip hop uh, feel to it. So I've been listening to a decent amount of that. Uh, so that's what I've been listening to. Uh, but one thing I do want to note, I watched a, uh, well, first I finished off that Paul McCartney uh, documentary, 321. Uh, the one where he's, oh, how was that? Uh, it it's actually pretty good. I would actually recommend it. Uh, it's I think six episodes or maybe it's eight episodes, but uh, basically it's Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin in front of like a mixing console, and they just mm. go, basically go through uh, Beatles songs and like increase volume on a certain stem, isolate the bass, and listen to just the bass or just the vo- backup vocals on certain songs. Uh, mm. They do some wing stuff and some of Paul McCartney's solo stuff. Uh, but it's so, it's just interesting to hear all the stories that they talk about. Uh, just being like, oh, this is why the guitar was done this way. And mm-hmm. like, he even went through like George Harrison's solo. He was like, oh yeah, he played it. We recorded this at half tempo and we just sped it up. <laughs> so it was in tempo. He's like, yeah, he couldn't play it clean. So he just played it in half t- uh, in half speed and we sped it up artificially. I was like, oh my God, everything's a lie. <laughs> So the truth is coming out about Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> but um oh. three two one, that Paul McCartney uh documentary is actually pretty good. Um I do recommend watching that or listening to it. Um because it's it's some good pretty good stories in there. 
Uh, the other thing I watched, and this probably came out like two years ago, and I'm just catching up on it now, but I watched uh, The Boy Band Con, The Lou Pearlman Story. It's a YouTube mm. original series. Uh, basically, it is, uh, for those of you who don't know, Lou Pearlman is basically the archetype or the architect of like all the major boy bands in the 90s slash mm. early 2000s. So NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, uh, and a bunch of other boy bands and girl bands. He was the the person who actually put those individual people together and actually created these groups. So he actually created the Backstreet Boys. He actually created NSYNC. Uh, but the thing is, he like, uh, like, he was basically a thief. At the end of it, he he was like defaulting on loans of like half a billion dollars. So like he would pay like the Backstreet Boys ten thousand dollars each after like three years of work or something like that after they sold like millions of records. Um, so it was an interesting take. Um, they actually had like members of the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and a bunch of other bands. Uh, they interviewed them and they were just talking about their experiences with Lou Pearlman. I would actually recommend watching this one. It's super interesting because it sort of gives you an insight into like, you shouldn't be trusting uh, everyone. Like, Someone like that can really, like, as big as they were in the music industry, like, how shitty they were. It was just an interesting, like, perspective to see, like, mm. how the band members were treated in the industry. Even though, like, you know, they were, you know, on all the billboards, they were, like, they seemed to be making so much money, but really, they were being paid, like, $10,000 a year. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, nuts. Yeah. But the boy yeah. band Con, the Lou Pearlman story, it's like, it's so fascinating because this guy, clearly a, like a like a really sophisticated criminal, but he like, he was <laughs> able to convince people that he had like a private plane. Like he convinced banks that he's like, oh yeah, I have a private plane, so give me this loan and we'll put the plane as the default. Uh, even as the collateral. Yeah, as the collateral. <laughs> but he didn't own a plane. Yeah, that's when re they repossessed the plane. Where's the plane? <laughs> I had never had one, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, I I would. That's one I would actually recommend watching. That was a fascinating uh, mm -hmm. video. I'll have to check that out. Um, and it's free on YouTube, so you can just oh, search right it on. Out. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Fire Festival. <laughs> yeah, like Jaw Rules Festival. Eric, do you remember this festival? <laughs> It's where um, they got no, a bunch I of don't. like Instagram influencers to like take pictures and be like, "This is the the hottest festival, music festival in the world." Oh, come, come the, fly oh, in. I get it. Fire, like, oh, this is fire. So, as the kids would say, this podcast is fire, <laughs> right? Grown up gaming, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, and then people would fly into this like island in the Caribbean somewhere. Mm -hmm. And once they arrived, there was like no water, there was no food. People were being given like cheese sandwiches for like all their meals. <laughs> cheese uh, sandwiches. Like people like bought or rented out tents uh, from the from the mm -hmm. festival, and their tents wouldn't be there, and like. There weren't even mm. working toilets on the island. <laughs> so it was just oh a my giant gosh. mess. Um, but yeah. it was fire. Yeah, it was fire. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically it. I've been basically two documentaries and and some 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 music, but uh, mm -hmm. that's basically it. Okay, 
Eric, I uh, got a few news articles for you, or we could go into history or today in history. Which one do you want? Well, let's do news articles. But before we go into that, I just want to say, like, I've noticed a trend here. Like, remember when people used to say, oh, this is lit? <laughs> okay. Oh, this is lit. Like, I just feel like we're going backwards in how fire was created. So, like, there was lit, <laughs> and now we're just going back to fire. <laughs> like, oh, fire. Next, we're going to go back to, like, smash or, like, like spark. Yeah. Oh, that's so oh, spark, bro. Maybe oh. we should start, maybe we should start mm. that trend. Maybe. Exactly. We should probably, like, trademark it yeah. now so that when people use it in the future, we can get it. Yeah, then we just make billions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. And then one day when we're old, our, our kids will be saying, oh, that's friction. That's so friction, bro. <laughs> but anyways, let's let's get on to the news. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the first quick thing. Uh, I don't know if this will be quick, but uh, Kanye West back in the news. But this time not for like, you know, controversy. I'm sure he is in the news for some sort of controversy, but... Uh, we are going to focus on something music-related. He has released uh, his Donda Stem Music Player. And the image mm. is on screen. For those of you who are here live at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast, I have an image of his Donda Music Player on screen right now. That it's looks horrible. It, it's basically like a Google Home with like a bunch of bright mm -hmm. lights on the top of it. Um, yeah. It's a disc, basically. Uh, but the gimmick here is... Um, it has mm -hmm. individual, um, oh, I said Google, and now my device is talking to me and trying to take instructions. <laughs> That's interesting. It's ordering you one right yeah, now. Yeah, it's ordering me one right now. <laughs> um, basically, uh, on the top, all those brightly lit dots at the top, they're basically faders. So the idea here is you take a song and you put it on this device, and this device is supposed to let you control each of the individual stems. So uh, the, each individual track the song has. So like you want to get rid of the vocals or increase the, uh, the volume of the vocals, then you hit one of the mm. sliders. Uh, if you want to get rid of the drums or you want to get rid of the bass, you can, you can mix that out. Mm. So this device is essentially uh, taking certain parts out of the song and then you can remix it. Uh, it also has uh, editing capabilities, so you can actually slow down the song on the device itself. So you could speed it up. Uh, and apparently you can also reverse certain parts of the songs. I don't know how that's going to work. But uh, essentially it is just a handheld uh, mini mixer. Uh, people okay. say it sort of works. Uh, so for, for the release of it, it came with songs already, and it had the individual uh, stems already split out. Uh, but mm. apparently you're able to uh, put in your own music or even put in like a YouTube link and it should technically let you split out the song uh, with varying degrees of success. Um, but yeah, the Donda Stem Music Player is Kanye West's uh, brand new uh, it, adventure. I thought it was going to be stupid. I just assumed. But actually, this would be very useful like if you're practicing as like a band. Or something, or practicing a part, and you're yeah. a drummer or something, and you yeah. can cut out the drums or whatever, right? Yeah. So, but okay, that's that intrigues me now. Yeah, but it's I mean, obviously got to work out some kinks. Yeah, like even if you have the most expensive studio, like to take a song and try to split out uh, like a certain instrument or part from a song, it's like you're never gonna get hundred percent. So yeah, well, uh, especially when you don't have the tracks. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So temper so, your expectations, mm. but this is sort of uh, currently as best it can be. Mm. Um, but it's interesting, I think. Uh, it's too expensive. It's like 200 USD for this thing. Really? Yeah, it's too expensive wow. for what it is. But for those of you mm. uh, who are somewhat intrigued by this, it might be an interesting toy to play with for like a week and then toss after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's sort of the Kanye West sort of uh, news for today. Um, right Eric, you're going to like this, but ABBA has announced that they're breaking up for good after uh, their upcoming good. album Voyage uh, is going to come out and then all their shows and stuff. So they're breaking up before they go on tour. <laughs> yeah. That's basically. smart. That's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> they have officially announced that this is the last this is the last hurrah for them uh they are going to release this album they're going to do all their virtual shows and then that's it abba is oh. no more it's gonna be so bad Ken. i don't know i it's feel gonna like it's gonna be so bad it's it? gonna be off it's gonna be the worst <laughs> if i feel like you know how could 2021 end any worse <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. If I lived in the UK, mm-hmm. I'd probably go see them. I would probably buy tickets and go see the show. No, you're wasting your money. <laughs> you're absolutely wasting your money. It's an interesting I will, concept. I will not let you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I know people. I know people. I'll stop you. <laughs> uh, anyways, Abba, that's it. That's uh, that's their last hurrah. Um, and we'll never hear from them ever again. Good. Um, <laughs> in other news, uh, Sir Paul McCartney has officially stopped signing autographs. Uh, the Beatles legend has gone on record to say that he will no longer be giving out signatures. Quote, it always struck me a bit strange. Here, can I write your name down on the back of this till receipt, please? Why? We both know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well... You never know, because apparently the uh, real Paul McCartney, maybe that's why they'd need his proof. (laughs) We're not not convinced you're the real Paul McCartney. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, I don't know, for Paul McCartney, like, yeah, why why do you need to sign autographs anymore? I don't don't see the point of it. Actually, for me, uh, maybe I'm sort of biased, because, like, I don't really care for getting autographs. Eric, were you ever... Are you interested in actually getting people's autographs? It depends. It depends. Because I remember going to a guitar camp. And uh, Nico, if you're listening to this, uh, you'll understand. But we had Paul Gilbert and Billy Sheehan show up. So uh, Paul Gilbert signed a CD that I had. It was like, it it sucked because I only had the greatest hits (laughs) of Mr. Big. (laughs) But uh, so I had him sign that. And then there was a blues musician, Sue Foley, and I had her sign my guitar strap. And I don't know why I I didn't get Paul Gilbert to sign my guitar strap. (laughs) That's a missed opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. But, but like, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, it's it's kind of all faded now. So it's kind of like, unless you lock it up somewhere and, and, you know, like, so it kind of just sucks but i think if the only thing i think i would get signed is probably my stratocaster 
and probably by like somebody like Eric Clapton, which mm. will never ever happen. But I think I think in that in that sense. Uh, but yes, no. <laughs> I remember how excited you guys were after that stupid camp. Yeah. Oh, Nico, if you're listening, like just just the memories of the famous guy. <laughs> that's what that's what we'll say. There was this brochure, and every brochure every year, there was this kid that always showed up. Oh, he was one of the students so that would funny. go every year. So we called him the famous guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I've never been interested in getting anyone's signature. I do have Getty Lee's signature somewhere here, somewhere, but um. Mm. Yeah, I've never had the urge to actually get something signed specifically, um, mm-hmm. CD or whatever. I've always like, actually, I don't even like meeting them in person. It's not that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just that's a interesting. Weird thing. Like, I I can see that. Like for me, I would think that it's just because, like, you don't want to them to ruin your expectation. Yeah. Of them kind of thing because you hear some musicians that are just complete dicks but then you're like oh that's a shame i really like them (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i have no interest like it'd be cool to like meet them in person but at the same time like uh i'm not gonna go out of my way to do this i'm just gonna enjoy their music and watch them on stage and that's good enough for me i've never i've never wanted to go backstage and like shake someone's hand or like have a conversation with them that just like never interested Mm -hmm. me so uh, for me, signing autographs and Paul McCartney choosing not to do that anymore, like I don't really care. But I don't know. For someone who's like trying to like get everyone's signatures, maybe that's a big deal. <laughs> I'd be um, exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> um, in other news, and maybe this isn't real music news, but uh, this has sort of been going around the internet. I'm going to throw up an image on screen right now. Uh, an employee at a Subway restaurant in Rhode Island uploaded footage of himself trashing his workplace, apparently in an attempt to get signed to rapper Meek Mill's record label. The employee filmed himself throwing food on the floor at Subway, as well as putting slices of cheese and cold cuts around a toilet seat while yelling at the camera, at Meek Mill, tell Meek Mill to sign me to Dream Chasers. Real shit. At Meek Mill, let me know I'm trying to get... Let him know that I'm trying to get signed on Dream Chasers. Fuck all this Subway shit. I'm done working at Subway. Dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no word as to whether Meek Mill actually has reached out to this uh, individual. But I feel like this might be the worst way to like convince someone to sign you to the label. That's just unhygienic. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, which subway do you work at? Oh, this one. Okay, good. I'm never going to that one ever. Uh, the employee, the employee has been fired at this point. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. This seems insane to me. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, you're not even. It is. There's no showcase of talent here. You're just trashing a mm-hmm. subway. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that's trashing the subway. That's just taking food. And putting it on the toilet seat. <laughs> right? Like, it's not like, like, I feel like trashing stuff is if you went through the actual, like, their little vestibule thing where all their, where all their food is and then throwing it all over the place. <laughs> that is trashing. <laughs> Just pulling 
them on the toilet seat that's <laughs> that's not trashing them that like look how perfectly it's placed on the, around the seat right yeah it's placed with a lot of care mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah anyways there's that that happened over this past week um, you know what I would do? Sorry, I would if I was the manager, I would be like, "You have two choices. You're either fired right now, or you take all of that on the toilet seat and you put it in a sub and you eat it <laughs> right now <laughs> to keep your job." <laughs> oh, man. Mm. I don't know lengths that people go to to get signed to a record deal, I know. which that's so dumb. That's yeah, craziness. <laughs> Um, Amazon is back in the news. They're building a clubhouse competitor currently, uh, codenamed project Mike. It will give anyone the ability to make, uh, and distribute a live radio show complete with, uh, licensed music. So, uh, the project's goal is to, uh, democratize and reinvent the radio. Listeners will be able to tune in through the app as well as audible Amazon music, Twitch and Alexa equipped devices. Um, and so the idea is someone can make a radio show live broadcast it over the internet. Uh, and presumably you will use Amazon music's, uh, streaming service, uh, and their catalog to actually pull the, that licensed music. Oh, which is so, uh, I like the idea. I really like the idea, but the music, the app, the Amazon music app sucks. <laughs> yeah, I do. And the only reason why I know that is is because I had to use it to listen to this <laughs> album this week. <laughs> no, yeah, I definitely agree with you. It is not good. Like, I I, I don't have a spot of... Like, I don't have a subscription to any streaming service. Uh, I have Amazon Music, uh, the basic one, just because I have Amazon Prime. Uh, so Same. I get it for free. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I would. I actually prefer Spotify with ads than Amazon without <laughs> yeah. ads. And listen, it's like, it's yeah. not good. It's just navigation's horrible, and mm-hmm. like the catalog itself is not good. Just, it's yeah. it's just an awful interface too. Like yeah. it's just they took everything that every other music streaming service trashed, and they were like, oh, we'll just use it, and we'll just use that idea. Great idea. <laughs> Uh, growing up gaming is giving me some gruff because uh, I don't have Spotify but the problem is like I hate Spotify also like I can't subscribe to them because every time they suggest something for me I'm just like this is trash like I can't Mm. nothing I've been recommended on Spotify I've ever gone like oh this is pretty good it's always really yeah it's just garbage to me Mm. like I've always had to like physically like actually look Go find a song that I actually want to listen to. Discoverability on Spotify for me has never worked, and there's no reason for me to get a subscription. Interesting, because I found it really worked well for me, and I liked it better than Apple. But then Apple has gotten a lot better with that. So, but that's that's insane. That's that's interesting. Maybe it's just because I listen to bad music. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chasing Dragonflies is right. You have to use it to get good suggestions. And I do use it because I actually go like pick certain specific songs when I'm like, "Oh, I need to listen to this song for whatever reason." And then it's like all in in my in my queue of songs that I've listened to. But when I go to like the Discover or whatever it is or like whatever suggested, it's just like Skip, hmm. skip, 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 skip. And like, I never listen to anything in there. 
I can't I can't do a subscription. Like I can't pay money for that. It's just a waste <laughs> of my time. I might as well just look for the music myself. Mm-hmm. That's uh, fair. Rather than have an algorithm do it. Um <clears throat> final news. Uh and eventually become Skyna and take over. That's true. If you give it enough mm-hmm. information, it will take over. Exactly. Uh, f- final news. Uh, U2 has officially joined TikTok, uh, and they are previewing their upcoming brand new song, Your Song Saved My Life. The song itself will be part of the soundtrack for the upcoming animated film Sing 2. Uh, I watched the trailer today for Sing 2, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go watch this. <laughs> I heard the first one was actually pretty good. I've never watched it, but I was like, oh, this is this looks pretty good. I might actually mm-hmm. watch this. Um, but apparently Bono is doing uh, voiceover work in, in Sing 2. He's going to be one of the, uh, I guess, main characters in it. Uh, so mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, U2 is officially on TikTok and they have their... Of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> of course. They'll join anything. I don't know what YouTube's fascination with technology is. I I feel like they don't need to be like, like why do no. the Apple Music thing and force everyone to have their album on <laughs> on their device? Like, why be See, on TikTok? Funny. I don't understand. It's just it's funny because I I like YouTube. I really like them as a band, but I I I just don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know why they're just forcing themselves on everything. <laughs> Like we need to get on this platform. They're the <laughs> what is this TikTok? They're the biggest band, arguably in the world. They're like the top five, at least biggest band mm-hmm. in the world. Like I don't even oh, know yeah. why they need to find a new audience or reach out to a new audience. They mm-hmm. already have one of the biggest audiences in the world. Every time they do anything, they're going to make every single news publication. Yeah, their their shows sell out like seconds yeah. just like the whole rage against the machine that's like every time they go on tour yeah their shows sell out like crazy so uh, yeah i 100 percent agree with you anyways uh amy is hyped for sing two okay i i feel like maybe i should watch sing one and... yeah i guess i guess i should watch it too <laughs> so uh but yeah bono bono's gonna be in sing two and he's gonna do voiceover work in there i assume he's gonna sing maybe who knows mm-hmm uh but yeah uh your song save my life will be uh the new song from u2 and i think quite a decent amount of time u2 hasn't released anything in three years four years somewhere there yeah it's been a while yeah i feel like they're gonna come out with something soon we'll see we'll see that it will be guaranteed they will have at least two songs that are really really good on whatever yeah. they do that's yeah, always they usually the have record. some yeah exactly even totally. if yeah, even if the album is garbage, there is usually at least two songs on there that are like this is a U two classic. Oh yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, we're frauds. We're not seeing Sing One. To to be honest, I didn't even know <laughs> this was like a legitimate movie until I saw that uh, Bono was in Sing Two. No. I was like, why is this film called Sing Two? Was there a Sing One? <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> I, I have a questions for the chat. Uh, so this sing one is this the one with the animals uh, that yeah. are singing? Yeah, I is, watched that, a trailer the for one? Sing Two. This has okay. animals. Okay, so I remember watching the trailers like all over the place for Sing One, but I've never, I never wanted to see it. So okay, I sounds like a great date night. First, yeah, I was thinking this is like. like Zootopia. I was like, is this the Zootopia of characters? And I was like, oh no, this is its own 
joking. Okay, never mind. <laughs> mm. Um. Anyways, that is uh today in uh sorry not today history. That's where we're going to. That that was music news. Yeah. We're going that to was the news, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to today in music history. So and I'm uh, the one drinking the beer. <laughs> Today is November 1st, uh, and going all the way back to 1962, a staple of the show, Anthony Kiedis, lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers, yes. is born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, that a boy. They're coming up with something new, guys. I'm waiting. I'm waiting oh patiently. Can you tell? Yeah, they better. Oh, with John. Something. John's back in the group. I need, I need more John. <laughs> Uh, uh, also born on this day in the same year as Anthony Kiedis, 1962, AHA keyboardist Magni Frilleholm is born in Oslo, Norway. <laughs> that might be the the second most important uh, musician in AHA. First, obviously, I being the say, lead singer. Yeah. And then you got to have the keyboard player. I would say if you didn't have the keyboardist in AHA, <laughs> it, like AHA would not have done well. There's no way. Like what? <laughs> like is there guitars in this band is there bass is like the only thing i hear are keyboards in this band yeah it it definitely drives the melody of the group but <laughs> uh one more birthday a year later 1963 rick allen the one one arm drummer uh for def leppard is born in derbyshire england <laughs> the one arm drummer it just i don't know why I don't know what it is, but Def Leppard always just reminds me of like the Spinal Tap movie. <laughs> it just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, because uh their drummer blows up multiple times in in Spinal Act- Tap. Actually, they spontaneously combust. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, anyways, Rick Allen born 1963 on this day. Uh, 1968, George Harrison releases uh, Wonderwall Music, becoming the first member of the Beatles to release a solo album. Um, I don't actually remember anything on this record, to be honest. Um, I don't either. But anyways, the first, first solo Beatles album, uh, 1968. Uh, 1970, the Best Folk Quartet, which later becomes ABBA, play their first ever concert at a Gothenburg Sweden restaurant. Mm. That sounds like the most boring news ever, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> or today in history, I should say. Honestly, <laughs> early, that would have been wild. It, honestly, like, if you were sitting in, like, a bar, just a random bar somewhere. You would you want to cut your wrist? <laughs> <laughs> not specifically ABBA, but you just saw like just a random band and, and you're like, oh, they're pretty good. And then 10 years later, they're like one of the biggest like chart toppers in the world. That would blow my mind. Hey, I know these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play back at the, yeah. in the restaurant. Yeah. In the bar. Uh, uh, 1979, Bob Dylan debuts uh, his uh, first Christian-ish album, Slow Train Coming, on the first night of his new tour in San Francisco, California. A shocked audience boos the new material throughout his whole set. <laughs> it's wild. When Bob Dylan went through his like Christian phase, it was like three, four albums. It was just like so strange to hear like Bob Dylan this mm-hmm. like you would assume is an atheist just become like total like Jesus praising. Uh, on his records and it turned into like gospel music as it, yeah it's wild it it is wild because like a lot of his songs are very intimate mm. 
right and then and then it was just like <laughs> like i i know just obviously we weren't born in that era but i just know listening like i remember it was like this sounds very religious <laughs> like <laughs> you know but yeah. yeah, because like even even the mm-hmm. record before this, uh, so this one was Slow Train Coming. The previous one, oh, it's a one word album. I actually forget. Anyways, the album before that mm-hmm. was like super sexist. Like the lyrics in like the whole album, they were like super sexist, and they were like uh, degrading women. Not to the extent that hip hop is today, but like it was <laughs> like from the perspective of like. Uh, males are at the top and then females need to serve males like that was what the a lot of the lyrics were that was the premise of a lot of the lyrics in the album before this one um Mm. a lot of it was narrative it wasn't actually bob dylan's views it was a lot of the storytelling from that perspective but it's wild that that shift happened and he just went to jesus after that (laughs) and then and then after the three albums that he did for jesus he just like completely disowned the the religion after that it's it's (laughs) wild bob dylan's career like what he's done and if he did if a bob dylan happened today there's no way anyone would have allowed this to happen like he would have been canceled like like a billion uh, times all day long all day long he would be canceled yeah it's like crazy (laughs) um Anyways, 1985, the Recording Industry Association of America agrees to some demands made by the Parents Music Resource Center. As a result, uh, any album deemed to contain offensive lyrics must be issued with a warning sticker. Uh, So that is that parental advisory sticker. So on this day, uh, that's when the sticker rolled out. That's interesting because I always find with movies, it's one thing, right? Because it's just like it's visually graphic. But with with music, I feel like, and not all the time, but, you know, th- there are songs that use, like, you know, profanity and stuff in a, just a very unnecessary way. But but there are bands that use it, like, to just express that emotion, that extra emotion they're trying to push in the song kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, back then, what is this, 85, 1985? Mm-hmm. It was very, like still very conservative infancy like don't use mm-hmm. the f word or you're gonna get in big trouble like yeah i think that today just imagine like if the people back then listened to what we have on the radio like, right now should, their heads would explode we should do like a that, that's a great idea for like a top 10 songs to bring back to like 1940 and just show them, just show them the offensiveness. Like, show them WAP. Oh my lord! And be like, be like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> right? Just you know, we should do like a top ten. That'd be a fun little top ten list. I oh think. Oh my god! Yeah, like mm-hmm. sometimes there's just no shade. Like our society has devolved so much that these some of these songs just yeah, no shame whatsoever. We're so you know desensitized <laughs> to all these things you know um uh, anyways yeah. <laughs> speaking of offensive lyrics 1988 slick rick releases his debut album the great adventures of slick rick <laughs> if you are not a hip-hop head uh the great adventures of slick rick when it came out was a um many people actually consider it a masterpiece uh it is definitely an influential record because it's one of the first times where hip hop took a narrative approach. A lot of the early hip hop was like, you know, 
uh, rap battles and just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, talking from the first person. Slick Rick really made an album that was like uh, a narrative. He told a story. This character went here, went to this house, did this, all that. It's one of mm-hmm. those like uh, first groundbreaking records. Listen to it today and it is very cringeworthy. Like, interesting. There is shit in there which does not fly by society standards anymore. Like, there's a lot of messed up, like, slap this mm. bitch, uh, but like <laughs> 10 times that. I can't, I can't even remember the lyrics because I barely listened to that album, but um, I can't listen to it because it's mm. not only do I find it off putting in terms of the lyrical con- uh, content, but it's also, it feels really juvenile. Hmm. So, like, I can take things that are offensive and maybe not in line with my worldviews, but if I think it's, if it's, like, immature and juvenile, then I can't, I can't listen to it. It's just, yeah, that's the one breaking point for me. It's funny when you listen to it, your younger self listens to it, and you think it's the greatest thing in the world, (laughs) and then you listen to it when you're older and wiser, and you're like, why the hell did I listen to this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, on this day, 1994, Nirvana's MTV Unplugged in New York is released. Uh, that is a great album. Mm-hmm. album. Um, also on this day, 1994, Mariah Carey's album, Merry Christmas, is released. By the end of the year, it has sold over 3 million copies, becoming yeah. one of the most popular Christmas albums of all time. Yeah, the most overplayed Christmas al- like song ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> It's way too, way too much. She must make so much bank on that every single year. It's I feel like every five songs on the radio, they'll play it. Like every like, okay, we're oh, it's Mar- we had to put it on the song again, right? Because like every time during the holiday season, you go to a mall or you go to any public place that's playing Christmas music. It's like it just seems like everywhere, every establishment you set foot in, you always hear the song come on. And it's almost like the radio station's like, all right, every five songs, we have to play this song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Just at that time, 1994, on that day, Nirvana releasing MTV Unplugged and Mariah Carey releasing Merry Christmas. That's big. On the same day, those are... That's huge. Imagine making that decision, going to a record store and being like, which one should I buy? <laughs> yeah. Nirvana, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it's gotten to the point though, Kim, where we're like, when people cover that song, I just can't stand it. I just can't listen song. to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The unplugged Nirvana. Like, I think that's probably if we did like a top five, it it would probably make my top five for unplugged. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. I would say it's. I would say it's probably second for me. Yeah, for an Second, unplugged, if I had to for make an acoustic album, yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, 1999, Celine Dion is inducted into the Canadian Broadcast Hall of Fame. <laughs> I don't know, Celine Dion is a phenomenal singer. That's all I'm gonna say about it. I yeah. I don't really have an opinion on the music itself, but she is a great. Yeah, singer. I'm not I'm not a fan of her music, but I will admit she she does have some pipes on her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 2000, November 1st, Ben Folds 5 announced their breakup. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you've ever listened to or are into Ben Folds 5, but they are a phenomenal piano rock group. 
So Ben oh. Ben Folds is the lead singer, songwriter, uh, piano player in the band. Um, he's phenomenal. But uh, if you want piano-driven rock music, Ben Folds Five is probably one of the best groups ever. I'll have to check them out. Um, and finally, 2005, Black Sabbath is inducted into the UK Music Hall of Fame by Brian May of Queen. The band plays Paranoid at the ceremony, and Ozzy moons the crowd, feeling that they aren't <laughs> rocking hard enough. <laughs> That's awesome. Ozzy, so good. He's yeah. so funny. Mm. Um, all right, wonderful. That was today in music history, November 1st. A bunch of stuff happened. Let's move Boom. on uh, to the album review. So, yes. uh, for Let this week, open up Amazon Music, the shitty. Um, I get the premium. So, <laughs> actually, I forgot to do research on why, but I assume it's it's just royalty reasons. But uh, mm-hmm. for this week, we are going to be listening to or reviewing "Roping the Winds" by Garth Brooks. So, "Roping the Wind" is the third studio album by American country artist Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is the only artist in music history to have released nine albums that achieved diamond status in the U.S. So that's 10 million copies sold. So he's done that nine times in the U.S. The closest uh, to him are the Beatles with six. Hmm. Uh, so this album released mm-hmm. on September 2nd, 1991. It's his first studio album to debut at number one on Billboard 200 and the top country chart uh, at the same time, making it the first in over a decade to do so uh, as Kenny Rogers was the last country artist to do that. Uh, it would spend a combined 18 weeks at number one. And uh, this specific album would actually be certified 14 times platinum, which is a ridiculous amount. It is. It is. That's 14 million plus records sold for this. Which is crazy. Uh, Okay. Crazy. Eric, uh, your thoughts on uh, Roping the Wind by Garth Brooks. So I've never actually listened to a Garth Brooks album front to back. Um, I've, he has endless hits, like endless hits this guy he is probably the most influential country musician in the country world and i have to say this album is like through and through a hundred percent country like i don't think you can get any more country than this album right (laughs) right i think that so okay so the thing about garth brooks he's a weird guy like so i don't know he has a netflix special uh about him and and he's just a he's just an odd guy but but you know how when they say like usually it's like somebody who's like socially awkward and just very like kind of weird or like geniuses in their craft like he is a genius in his country craft like this guy is probably the one of the most hardest working country musicians out there as well like 14 platinum albums like that's that's fucking nuts diamonds diamonds <laughs> or diamond yeah oh, sorry, sorry yeah, this diamond. Was, sorry, this is 14 yeah. times platinum but he has nine yeah. diamond albums that's nuts okay <laughs> um i think that this album it's definitely like i i thoroughly enjoyed listening to this um uh, against the grain the opener perfect opener for yeah. a country album it's it's like upbeat it's got that country twang um uh, like his slow ballad songs are very well done 
I think that I what I absolutely love is the backup vocals. Just the backup vocals supporting his lead is just insane. And you have to admit, like, he's got some pipes on him. Like, he's got that, like, yeah. bluesy kind of sound to his vocals, yeah. which which is just good. Uh, I love the song, um, where is it? Papa Loved Mama. It's just a kind of, like, a, it's a great country. It's just a typical country song. I love it. Um, but I, I don't know, Cam, like, this album is... Is a really good country album. It's probably one of the best we've ever reviewed on <laughs> on this podcast. Maybe. I would say, yeah, um, yeah. So I would like to know your thoughts on this because, because okay. you know, just being country fan, like I love this is has that twang to it that's just so country that I love. Yeah, this is definitely a country record. Um, I don't think it's a hundred percent country. It's more like ninety uh, percent country, ten percent rock. There's the, there's mm. a certain yeah. rockability to to this record, mm. um, okay. which um, a lot of times I don't particularly like. Like the the style of this country music, I always associate with like stadium country and just like modern country, where it's like over mm. the top. Uh, it's not really sort of like this grassroots, like emotional thing. It's very much like, hmm. it's very much like mainstream hip hop today where it's, it's, it's about the flash and, and, and showing off and in the country's hmm. case, like showing off my pickup truck and, and look at all these beer cans <laughs> that I'm drinking. Like, that's what I hate about like modern country. Hmm. And this style of music is usually what I associate that with because it, it, mm-hmm traditional country and maybe more folksy country is more down to earth like less flashy so you have to sort of throw in that rock element into it to make it sound big and like really flashy so going into it i was like okay garth brooks like probably like you know just a standard country artist probably a sellout artist who just like makes makes meaningless songs but everyone likes it um but i was pleasantly surprised when i listened to this record because i was like oh shit these are actual legit songs there's actual yeah like plot lines to these stories that are in that share common elements with like really good country traditional songs um the musicianship on this album is great production wise is great garth Mm -hmm. brooks um i don't normally associate him with uh, a fantastic vocalist, but he does a really good job of singing, at least on this record. He sounds great. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not going to dazzle you with like super high falsettos or like a really low baritone. Uh, I don't think he really has that range, but for a country singer, like he hits all the right notes. Um, and he has some like emotion behind the, those notes too, which is like, mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. Um, the one, the one thing, it's this album overall surprised me because I didn't think I was gonna like it, and I listened to it. I was like, oh shit, I actually really like this album. And the second last track on this record, um, yes, in Lonesome Dove, I think is the yeah. greatest song on this record. Potentially, mm-hmm. this might be one of my favorite, new favorite country songs ever. Like, I, I can't mm-hmm. believe a song this good is on. Uh, I've never heard it, and it's on this record. <laughs> mm, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. You're making me all giddy. Yeah, in Lonesome <laughs> Dove, that second last track on this 
mm. on this album is like, wow, this is like a perfect song. It it was it's a on great song. It was on loop for me yesterday. Like yesterday, it yeah. was just on loop, and I was just like for an hour, it was probably looping over. I was like, <laughs> that's that's when you know you got me when I just like loop the same song over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's so weird because like when I think of Garth Brooks, I'm just like, uh, just uh, you know, stereotypical country country uh, musician who's in the mold of a pop star mm-hmm. and i don't think now listening to this I, I, that's not it, it's not not the case i i think when i'm when i'm listening to them like these are legitimate songs um i don't think he's written all of these he got songwriters for some mm-hmm. uh but yep. he is a songwriter on i think half of these songs or a good two-thirds of them so mm-hmm. i mean that's more than a lot of country artists will do um What's interesting was, is when you watch the Netflix special, it's actually pretty kind of cool. So he has a place, I believe it's in Montana. Don't quote me on that, but but, um, it's in the middle of nowhere. And he drives out like just into the bush and he built a cabin there with his buddies. And so all his musician friends sit there and the songs that he writes, they actually just sit around and write the music just out like they make a big campfire and they and they just spend time out in the woods and just the amount of work that this guy puts into his music it's it's insane it's actually insane so but he's a very odd socially (laughs) awkward guy for sure a hundred percent to me it's it's sort of weird because whenever i think of a musician who is strictly a um is strictly a vocalist because when you think of Garth Brooks, you're not thinking he's a great guitar player or drummer or whatever it is. Like he's not an instrumentalist. He's purely a singer songwriter. Um, so to me, it's just like, how did he come up with a bunch of these parts? Like these chord progressions that he's using on these songs, like the instrumentation on certain things, like how, how did he manage to do all this? And he just, he must just have like that musical mind for it. Like, yeah, which he I definitely does. Yeah, and what what's insane is when he first started out, he would go into bars and restaurants and be like, it was kind of like what we did. We traveled around and was like, "Hey, can I play your bar?" But he would cover songs. That's all he would do. He'd cover rock songs. He'd play in biker bars. Like he would play anything and everything that he could he can learn. And so, but but like like you said though, like the structures of the songs, like they're well progressed yeah. chords. Yeah. within the songs like it just fits so well yeah you know uh chasing dragonflies a country album that alex loves yeah country mm-hmm. albums overall i don't enjoy I'm turning them i'm uh, turning them over to the countryside <laughs> like country <laughs> little chicken picking <laughs> country songs yes uh i love like country songs individually i've never really been enamored with a full album by any country artist and this is probably one of the first cases colin Nora, thanks for for tuning in uh, yes, I love your comment. I agree. I feel like we've said stuff, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's we're desensitized. Yeah, people so need to point out need... if we ever say anything offensive. Yeah, um, I'm gonna wear a cowboy hat. Maybe it's possible. Um, here's here's my one gripe with this album, uh, and this is like the smallest thing ever. Uh, last track, the river. <laughs> I was just like. Oh, this album's done. I, I, it wasn't a good closer for the album. I wish that there yes. was an actual track on mm-hmm. this album that was 
specifically a closer for the record because once the river played through mm-hmm. and it stopped i was like next song please <laughs> yeah like and and this it's funny because true. the river a standalone i feel like is a great song yes. and a lot of country artists love this song they mention this song a lot yeah. but uh i i do agree i think it's a terrible thing for a closer yeah it's or a terrible a song closer. for a closer yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not a good closer uh, they should have definitely either chosen a different song on the record or actually wrote an eleventh track for this for this album. Uh, so in terms of album structure, that would be my only complaint with this one. Actually, the other one is um, the Billy Joel cover, Shameless. Uh, and I that. do realize this thing like went number one and like so the reason why this album got so much uh, attention. But when I listen to uh, Garth Brooks doing the song Shameless by Billy Joel. I hear Billy Joel. I hear an impersonation of Billy Joel when he sings. I was like yeah. listening to it. I was like, wait, is that Billy Joel on this record or is this Garth Brooks? I he's he does some sort of imitation and makes it. And maybe that's just Billy Joel's uh, aptitude to write songs that are in his style. Um, mm-hmm. But when I listened to it, I was like, oh, did Billy Joel feature on this record or? Is that just Garth Brooks doing an imitation of what Billy Joel sounds like? Uh, so that was a bit mm-hmm. weird for me. It's still a good song, still a great cover. Um, but I think that was more of a marketing scheme, yeah, yeah. to to sell the al- album. But uh, again, I think it it just shows that like he's not just influenced by country; like he's influenced by rock. He's influenced oh. by a lot of musicians. Like he play like I hear that he plays Metallica at his shows and stuff like that which is funny how how often country musicians play metallica yeah. i always i always get a every time i see a, a country band live i'm like oh that's that's awesome i, I think that's kind of cool yeah but yeah like i think that garth brooks i would love to see him live but he is a very strange man <laughs> that's for sure i gotta say that he's just a very strange man but this uh, album i would say probably like again I, I feel like this is a good album. I don't know if there's any other ones that beat it, but uh, but yeah, I I'm actually intrigued to listen to more Garth Brooks albums. But yeah. I don't want to keep Amazon Music. That's the only that's <laughs> the only, only downside. He's Garth only on Amazon Music. That's the only yeah, come way on, Garth. Expand your borders. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, Eric, let's wrap this up. Final thoughts and ratings. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna give this album? I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten. Wow. You know what, Eric? Country album. I'm giving this a 9.5 oh, out of 10. <laughs> almost a 10, everybody. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen. It's, it's not a 10 because of the closer. Like, if this album had a proper closer. And gentlemen, I can't believe this day. I would never <laughs> have lived, like, I would never have thought this day would come that you rated an album higher than me that is a genre that i love <laughs> yeah it's a 9.5 i mean there i can't find fault with it other than the closer is not a closer yeah we, we need that grown-up gaming horn <laughs> <laughs> it's like i don't know i never would have in a million years thought that garth brooks was a legitimate musician that i would like and Mm. listening to those records like proven wrong on both points yeah he's he's a fantastic musician yeah. for sure like if you like this album you should check out his other hits they're they're like they're just fantastic so oh all right cool so you're you're a nine i'm a 9.5 mm. pretty good that's surprising um, to me 
Anyways, that is a review of Roping the Wind by Garth Brooks, a uh, glowing review, a definite, uh, you must mm-hmm. listen to this this record. Uh, if yes, you absolutely. I mean, it sold 14 million copies, so. It did. It did. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, for those of you who are following along with us, uh, the album that we are going to be listening to and reviewing for next week are Songs. Or the yes! Queens of the Stone Age. Some stoner rock for you. Uh, this yes. should be some fun. It's funny, ladies and gentlemen, because we make a pre-list every like few episodes. We'll talk about albums that we're going to recover or review, recover. And uh, I, I always forget <laughs> the next one <laughs> after the next episode. So it's always like a little like, yeah, or oh, man, this is going to suck. <laughs> Uh, all right, wonderful. Uh, let's get into the next thing. So we are at the mixtape battle. Um, mm. So we take a random speech generator every week. It produces three random topics. Uh, one of us chooses one of those topics, and the other person makes a three-song uh, ultimate mixtape based on that topic. Unfortunately, Eric got multi-ethnicity last time, <laughs> so this is probably going to be our last episode. Uh, yeah, the thanks for coming out, Because <laughs> we are definitely going to get canceled because of this uh, topic. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I think you're going to be proud of me, Cam, because okay. I actually did a lot of research on this, <laughs> and I'm pretty happy with with my list, and we're not going to get canceled. Okay. okay. Uh, Let's see. I don't think we will. So, uh, number one, we're coming in hot with the red hot chili peppers uh power of equality so okay very good yeah this song on blood sugar sex magic probably one of my favorite songs on the album um they it's it's just a great song like that they i think the album came out i want to say in the early 90s early 90s yeah yeah so they they really hit the uh, nail on the head especially like in the california realm of of things with just racism and everything uh great song um the lyrics are not metaphorically like encrypted as <laughs> lyrics are uh but you can kind of get the message that he comes across uh great tune uh the next song coming in with bob marley's one love so okay good yes one yeah. love i thought this was a a great you know you, you just need that mellow song for the second song i always feel like you just need to slow things down for the second song you get pumped like up with some funk you got some reggae to slow things down you know one love like the lyrics are pretty simple but but like the song is just a really well written song. it's a universal message one love exactly yeah. uh you know uh so this last one, Cam, is is the are the ridiculous song on the mixtape. <laughs> it is a waving flag. Oh no. I was by, wondering what this was. I, I That's why I was like, I need to pick something where he has his face covered because I don't want Cam to recognize who he is. <laughs> so this is Waven Flag that the when the World Cup was in South Africa. It was the the song of 
up. And the- Wave and flag. All the nations, let's come together and watch some football. It's such a ridiculous song. I actually, the more I think about this song, the more I dislike the song. It, it's a, it's a terrible song. But <laughs> the message of the song is World like unity. you know, be, be proud of your where you come from, and let's all work together, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. this is my multi ethnicity playlist this is pretty good actually i really like this one it's all on message for multi-ethnicity very good except for the last song. like no one needs to listen to that song ever again <laughs> i was actually gonna put in the black uh or sorry what's the band with fergie black eyed peas black eyed peas that's it uh uh whatchamacallit uh, uh something love where's the it love? Was one of their where's the love? where's the love yeah i was gonna add that one in but i felt like this was more fitting so, very... and also to annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is very good. Even chasing giant flies is uh, surprised you pulled it off. That was very good. I... Well, of course, come on, guys. I'm not that bad of a person. <laughs> no, I just feel like we're, we're we're good. I don't think we're gonna get canceled. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wonderful. Mm. Uh, let's get into this. So, once I click on this button, it will produce three topics. And Eric, you're gonna choose one for me for next week. Yes, uh, I am. Time. All right, here we go. Right. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, restaurants, restaurants, superficiality, and largest house in the world. <laughs> Please, I sort of want you to give me largest house in the world. That is largest most house in the ridiculous world? topic. I think <laughs> that is the most ridiculous topic ever shown. I up. think yes. Um, okay, restaurants. I feel like. There's that country song trending right now about Arby's. Him going to Ar- like, like, like it's of course it's, of course so, it's a country song about Arby's. No, 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 no. Let me let me explain. Let me explain. So this, I, I, I can't. Remember. I think it's by Sam Hunt. Oh I think. Jesus! Okay. And I, I, I'm not a fan of his, but the cle- the song is very clever. I'm gonna have to give it that because it's about like you know all those like rap and hip hop songs about like living the high life like you know flying your private jet yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff this is like i'm taking my girl to arby's <laughs> like <laughs> this is all you're gonna get from me essentially. <laughs> which i found i actually find really like funny it's it's actually a really well written song it's on point um yeah it's on point so restaurants superficiality don't, i feel like is just a dumb topic don't do superficiality that's no. just gonna be a bunch of pop songs that's gonna be boring I, I I can already tell you it's gonna be like my humps by Black Eyed Peas. Let's not do that. <laughs> largest ha- if you give me largest house in the world, I can do something with that. I already have a few ideas. Really, but we could do restaurants oh, too. That's there's plenty of songs. It's it's down between the first one and the third one. So I okay. I'm actually with the ridiculous topic let's do that largest, house, do in largest house in the world let's <laughs> yeah. do it okay largest house in the world is my topic i'm so ready for this uh i already have a let's few do ideas it. so all right <sighs> okay largest house in the world is my uh mixtape for uh next time so uh controversial statements for this week again nothing because no one told us <laughs> no one told us you guys got to call us out yep nothing. that's what you guys got to do nothing controversial this week uh, and to to wrap this up, it is Anthony Kiedis's birthday. Uh, so oh, little, I like the little, cake that you baked yeah. him. 
we yeah. were giving Anikitas a cake <laughs> for his birthday today. Um, but the quote of the week presented by Anthony Kiedis, driving around, I've got my baby and my top down, merry-go-round, I ride you for my love, throwing me down in the backseat underground, I'm on the mound, I make it for my love, making my way, I break another LA day, time in the town. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> this is not ringing any bells at all. <laughs> this is, um... Uh, this is off of uh, blood, sex, sugar, magic. Really? Mm-hmm. Sugar, sex, magic. Yeah. And this is the opening uh, verse, opening lyrics, actually. Opening lyrics. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Okay. God, I I always hate doing this, but I gotta look up what the album, what is on the album. Ah. Uh, <sighs> I got my baby and my top down. There you go, round. This is definitely about sex, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The whole song is about sex. <laughs> it's not uh, making my way. I that. break another LA date. I don't know what that line is. It's not breaking the girl. I know that for a fact. Or is it? No, it's not that. I am a man. No, no, that's not that. It's uh okay. Um I'm going to guess I'm going to guess if you have to ask. No. Ah, okay, what is it? I don't know. Wait, hold on. Is I'm this not... actually Oh, maybe it's not on Oh no, it is. Uh the song is The Greeting Song, track 14. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't remember how that song goes. <laughs> so. uh, anyways, uh, happy birthday mm. to Anthony Kiedis. Thanks for providing all the uh, lyrics for every single episode. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday, Anthony. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically our show. So uh, quick thing, uh, we will uh, not be doing a show next week. So we will be back in two weeks. Uh, we're sticking we with the Monday schedule. The show? No. Next week. We're okay, not doing right. next week. Um, okay, copy that. Uh, but the good news is we are going to be uh, here uh, on our Monday schedule for the rest of the year. Oh, wow. Yes, uh, because I'm going on a course and I actually will end my shift at a reasonable hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah. So for the rest of the year, we will be on our Monday schedule. Uh, but the only hiccup is uh, we will not be uh, doing an episode next week. So we will be back on November 15th, Monday, here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. Uh, but you can always catch our uh, recordings on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever else you get your podcast. I believe Amazon Music also has podcasts there, Eric, if you want to. They do? Keep that installed on your phone. Uh, no, I'm deleting it right off the bat. <laughs> as much as I like Garth Brooks, I'm not I'm not keeping it on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's basically it. That was the Crossroads Music Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in live in the chat. Uh, and yes. we will catch you all in two weeks on November 15th. Absolutely. Peace. Thanks Bye-bye. for coming out, guys. Bye-bye.